Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Welcome, friends, to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I am Matt. I am here with the doctors today. I got Dr. Dave Hopper, Dr. Ina Hazan, who I can call co-authors, which is really exciting for us to, I guess, officially announce a book we published a few weeks back now. I want to hold it up for our YouTube fans. Uh, The Heartbeat of Business is out there in the world. Um, so I'm really excited uh, to announce this. Uh, I've been feeling like I've been delaying gratification every podcast we've recorded uh, by not throwing this out uh, into the world. So um, I'm excited to talk a little bit about some of the, the key concepts with both of you as uh, we uh, went on this uh, journey uh, together. And So I'll give a little bit of history about the really strategic decision-making process that led us uh, to start this project. And uh, this was kind of came out organically. Uh, And when I say strategic, it was nowhere close to that. uh, with when I wrote the book uh, around uh, trauma or excuse me, heart rate variability and trauma-informed organizations, one of the interesting things is a lot of healthcare, social services, mental health organizations really had to shift during the pandemic to just surviving it. We started to get contacted by a lot of folks in the more traditional business world, the for-profit world, um, sort of asking us is, hey, we picked up your your therapy book do you what do you think about bringing this into the business environment um and you don't have to ask me a question more than probably twice without me jumping to a solution for it sometimes probably should think about that before but this is the big strategy is uh i remember we were on a call i think it was just ina and jeff and i were on a call it's like should i write a book for business leaders on this uh the answer was yes, uh, and then I asked Ina, Ina, you want to write this with me? And she said, sure, and then I reached out to Dave, Dave, you want to write a book? And Dave's like, hell yeah, I want to write a book uh, uh, with this. So uh, I'm excited, actually, uh, now that it's in the world to actually talk about it. So Ina, let me let me start start with you, which is kind of more how, how you kind of thought about this and approached uh, this project about, let's talk about tracking heart rate variability first. Uh, in a time where burnout is off the charts, uh, we know that's universal at this point. Mental health crisis we hear every day about. I, I just have to, to, to mention that, that we're recording this the day after the horrific shooting, another horrific shooting, uh, this time in a, a Texas elementary school. Um, with this uh, monkey pox is floating around. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds really scary. So, I mean, all this impacts business leaders as well. So 
I just like to kind of throw the, the large question out to you because I know you've worked with businesses, um, you know, even like the military uh, who obviously deal with trauma, post-traumatic growth a lot too. So when you think about HRV tracking in the business world, I guess sort of what sort of informs your thinking around that? That's a really, you know, that's a really good question. And, you know, framing this in the context of all this scary stuff going on in the world and there, you know, we've had way more than our fair share uh, recently, you know, there's just been way too much uh, traumatic, um, scary stuff going on. Um, And I think, you know, applying this idea of, um, you know, we need to keep an eye on how we're doing. Um, you know, I think that's generally been accepted in a more clinical situations, like, you know, for medical patients, you know, the doctors track how they're doing with, you know, with, you know, measuring their heart rates and, you know, getting their blood work done and kind of keeping an eye on them in mental health situations. You know, when we're meeting weekly with clients, you know, we do uh, a check in, you know, hey, how are things going? You know, how are you managing things? Um, and guess what? Business leaders are human. Uh, although sometimes they may not always admit to it and sometimes don't appear to be, um, but they are. Um, and th- there is very much a need of keeping an eye on, you know, how, you know, how are they doing? Uh, it, heart durability tracking gives you that uh, objective way of doing it. And the beautiful thing is that it's simple. It's not time consuming. Um, and um, it has been shown over and over again uh, in research that this is absolutely the way to um, track how is your nervous system handling that load of everything that's going on, you know, the stuff that's going on with the business, the stuff that's going on in the world, the stuff that's going on in the family, um, and, you know, everything else that may be happening um, for any individual human. Um, so this is just a really um, surprisingly simple and accurate and effective way um, of flagging, like, you know, hey, you know, maybe today you need a little bit of extra self-care or, you know, maybe today you can take on a little bit of extra extra stuff and maybe you can tackle some of those projects that have been, uh, you know, lying around in your in your back pocket. So um, HRV is a really versatile um, and a valuable way of uh, um, adding to um, your, your toolkit uh, of maintaining a good business head. Absolutely. Dave, I think if I'm not wrong, you're probably running the law. I know both Ina and I are running small businesses. Uh, Obviously, Optimal is a small business. I I know you've got, I think, I don't know how many clinics, honestly, you have at this point. I try to support you every time you open a new one. Uh, But but, uh, I I know you've got a lot of balls in the air as well and and fall into that business leader category. But I would just love to to hear as uh, an expert on heart rate variability, uh, the stress response, as, as we've talked about for many episodes, I'd just like to kind of, especially with the HRV tracking piece of this, uh, just just kind of how how you look at this. And I, I know we had to organize ourselves really strategically as we we put this down on and uh, into book form. So just love to get your insights on the tracking piece. So uh, so I mean, you know, hit it right on the head. But I, you know, how I how I look at it is always if you have a nervous system, you should probably be tracking your HRV. Um, (laughs) Because it's going to give you some useful insight. Uh, And, and when we look at things, you know, like, uh, like Ina had mentioned, like, you know, today might be a good day or a good day to take things on, or today might not be. 
um, you know, it's the, the power of when, and, uh, and actually that's a, a book about, uh, about sleep. Um, but, you know, if we look at that in the context of HRV, it really does help you decide like, you know, okay, I'm noticing these trends about myself that, you know what, the, you know, the beginning of the week is my time to shine or the end of the week is my time to shine. You know, uh, we all have different times that are typically going to show as our best time and our best performance, not only within each day, but within each week and even within each month. Um, and if you're tracking HRV regularly, you can see that, and then you can act on those things um, and use that to the best of your ability. You know, place those big, important meetings when you are at your best, rather than you know, saying, ah, I'm just going to take this meeting because I have time right here, you know, and, uh, and your HRV is in the tank. And you know that every Friday is your worst actual, uh, you know, your worst mental performance of yeah. the week. Why would you take a big meeting on that day then? Yeah. Um, you know, you can strategically plan your life as a result of that. Um, and as far as it goes with uh, managing employees, um, you know, that's another huge thing too, is you can use this exact same power with them. You know, I, Use it to your advantage. When you have to interact with people, make that in your employees' best times of their day or their best times of their week when they just have to do notes, right? Uh, you know, the, the, you know, quote unquote, less important things. Um, you know, that doesn't take nearly as much power. So put that, at, put that at a part of your day when it doesn't matter as much, um, you know, when you don't need all of that interaction power, uh, you know, that, that you would when somebody's right in front of your face. Um, put that at a time of the week where it's not as impactful. So um, that's, a, that's a great way to look at it. I just, I, I love using it in that lens, but yeah. Love it. And I, I just, you know, my, my thought and where I really quickly saw the, the potential benefit, especially as we like creating the dashboard of tracking team health, tracking organizational health, like, you know, and I, I, I will probably mention it sometime through here, my, I have my favorite assessments, but one of the things that, whether it is employee engagement, satisfaction, that if you did one of those, maybe every six months, that was a lot. Like, you know, those are almost annual sort of evaluations. And there's ways you can do more kind of, but it was, I, I haven't, I didn't really see anything until I started to, to think about like the dashboard measuring group health of a way that we could really answer the question, how's my team doing today? Uh, how's my organization doing today? So, so one of the things that, that I found really interesting, and you know, I know you've worked with some like athletic teams and stuff over the years as well, is like we sort of get, and I, I never have encouraged anybody to throw out their surveys. Uh, don't, don't do that. This doesn't replace those, but you could wake up in the morning if you got everybody, and again, we, we, there's a confidentiality piece for these that we work with organizations on, but here's how my team is doing today, that collective HR, HRV score. So I think one thing we don't talk a lot about in the peer-reviewed journals with heart rate variability is that sort of group wellness score. And, you know, I wonder, as you think about, like, from the group health perspective, um, just kind of how, how HRV can help inform leaders and how that might be connected with their uh, team's performance if heart rate variability is high or low. Um. Yeah, absolutely. You know, very much along the lines of what um, Dave was saying with strategic planning. Um, you know, you can use that for your own individual, you know, planning. You can use it for the, you know, for planning for your for your team 
uh, you know, whether it be an athletic team or a corporate team, um, you know, even uh, evaluating things like, um, you know, how are people doing, uh, you know, throughout the day, you know, with meetings, yeah. uh, you know, one of the um, more frequent uh, issues that come up with, uh, you know, lots of organizations is people feel like they're constantly being pulled into meetings, whether they need to be in those meetings or not, you know, that they don't have time to do their actual work, yeah. uh, right? Um, and, you know, let's say, um, you know, you want to do something about that, you want to restructure some things, you want to change, uh, change up how the day is doing. Um, HRV is a really good way to see how is your team responding to that, uh, you know, get a baseline measurement of how things are going before you implement any changes and then um, have uh, people continue tracking their HRV through the change and, you know, for, for, you know, a few weeks after and see what happens, you know, are people's nervous systems responding well to the changes that you are uh, implementing? Um, same thing with, with planning for when are people at their most productive? Let's say you want to do a brainstorming session. Let's say you want to have a bunch of people, you know, throwing out their best ideas. Um, you know, it may, it may be fairly obvious that Friday afternoon is not the best time for that, uh, but what time is, right? Uh, it's a really, uh, a really good way to tell is to, to look at your team uh, autonomic nervous system functioning uh, throughout the week um, and see what's happening. You know, you might even ask people to take a couple of readings through the day, you know, whether or not everybody will be able to do that, I don't know. But let's say, you know, two, three minute readings, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, uh, and see how people are doing uh, and make plans that way. Because you know, um, every team is going to be different. You know, it, it's, I think many people believe that doing first, uh, important things first thing in the morning is generally a good idea. But, you know, there's some people are morning people, some people are not. Some people really are at their best in the afternoon. And this is a really good way to get to know your particular team so that you're not trying to apply a one-size-fits-all uh, kind of rule uh, to a, a unique team composed of, you know, individual people with individual needs. Um, you know, if you, if you get that tracking, you'll see, well, are most people on your team morning people or are they um, are they afternoon people uh, you know do you want to pull some of those people into an important meeting in the morning and some of them uh, in the afternoon depending on when they're going to be at their best absolutely I, I have uh, like two just examples of that Dave I'd love to see if you ha had any of these kind of aha moments as well one of the reasons I love writing a book because you got to think about things differently even though like I, I do podcasts I, I do trainings like I never shut up Putting something down in paper forces you to say, okay, do I have really good data behind this thing I'm saying? And then go go reference it, go find the research and always adjust it. Like the, the one thing that I, I really hope HRV can be utilized as is what, what's your state? In other words, your short-term mental, cognitive, uh, emotional health. When you're walking into a meeting, I, I envision at some point you have like this red, yellow, green little thing that you can put up that, uh, hey, I might be in red today. Doesn't mean you can't expect me to be a decent human being to this. But if I'm just struggling a little bit, just, just know that that's where I'm at. And maybe we check in with the red folks and see if they need anything from us to support them. Maybe I just got a bad night of sleep. And hey, if I'm not 100%, uh, you know why, instead of me just pissing everybody off, yeah, Matt, Matt might be a little cranky today because he only got like five hours of sleep instead of what he needs. And so, you know, I really see that this can be this really practical tool, right, for innovation. 
Uh, the other thing, you know, that, that uh, I really have applied to my own as in this research is the hour lunch break. Um, I've always been someone who's like, I'd rather end an hour early than take a freaking hour in the middle. And I love my work, but I also love what I do after work as well. So, but the, the, the research that uh, I find, found specifically on heart rate variability, that a lot of people, what they found the majority of people, if they take that hour break, their heart rate variability after that break is actually higher than it was pre-work. And I'm like, okay, I can't ignore that, right? And I, I've so I then I did my end of one is how's this apply to Matt? And you know, I'll tell you, the last couple hours of my day now are way more productive than than they used to be as well. So even like going through this as the experts, you know, found ways to really uh, put this uh, to work for myself. Uh, Dave, I kind of wonder what what insights you you kind of came out of this uh, process with. So uh, well. Uh couple of things and if I, and if I can just comment right on what you had just uh, yeah. said there is the importance of doing exactly what you did testing yourself as an end of one uh, because everything is so unique to each of us uh, how we perceive each thing how each thing is going to affect us that that you can't just say this is generally what will work for you yeah. right um, it's going to be different for every single person um, and, and granted, you know, taking, taking out a lunch, and no, nobody's going to argue with that necessarily, yeah. but, um, but it is important to test all these various things on yourself, uh, to make sure that, yes, this actually is good for me. Not just, not just taking it and saying, okay, well, this is supposed to be good for me, but I hate it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, always, always testing. Um, and then I, as far as what I, what I took from this, um, there are, uh, there's just too much, um, you know, getting to work with, uh, well, first of all, um, you know, I, I think everybody listening knows that Matt has a, has an MBA and knows way more about business than, uh, than most. Um, so reading through the section of your book that you wrote, that's people will ask me about the book and I'll go, there's like a lot of stuff in there that I don't understand at all. I didn't write any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all that business talk. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, so I, I learned a ton uh, through that, um, which was, which was really cool. Um, and then I, uh, you know, and you know, uh, every time that the three of us get together and chat, I learn more about myself. I learn more about HRV. I learn more about the applications of HRV. So it is, um, you know, it was just such a cool process, like you were saying, Matt. Um, but I, but I did want to go back and as well, what Ina had said about, you know, um, about business leaders um, becoming, you know, almost inhuman um, too, is, is that how we all uh, become a little bit jaded to the loads that we are carrying. Mm -hmm. um, and as a business leader, especially you become jaded to that um, because, you know, it's it, what used to be a big deal is now something that just happens every day. Right. And even though it's not a big deal anymore, to you because it's a regular thing doesn't mean that it's not a big deal anymore. Right. Um, like we just had a therapist quit yesterday and we go, eh, whatever yeah. <laughs> another day. Right. But how much does that impact you? Cause now how much do you have to go back and fill it, you know, and fill in all these things, X, Y, Z. And, and that's what HRV is, uh, is another great thing for too, is pointing out, um, you know what, you might not have thought that that was a big deal because this has just become, you know, quote unquote normal for you, but yeah. look at what that did to your nervous system. Look at the impact that that actually had on you. 
Um, so that was a that, that was a, a another big thing uh, that uh, that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. And I'm and I'm sorry if I uh, missed uh, missed some of that. No, question that's great. You you know, and the the other thing that you know, I I really where where HRV sort of came into my thinking at the perfect time is, you know, with, with the, you know, and, and if we're honest, the healthcare profession, social services, education, we were pretty much a mess going into the pandemic, but now we're, re, we're in a crisis uh, in, in the fields that I've worked uh, most with overall. And really, as I look for models, it, it was like the, the, the job demands and resources model, which dominates a lot of our, uh, how we challenge leaders to think, because it's just one of those best practices, well-established in the research models out there. But what it really, what, where HRV really came in for me is that the real connection between burnout and outcomes, uh, because I, there's a, there's been a mentality that, Maybe we're getting away from, I don't know. I'm not that hopeful as you, if you're not burned out, you must not be working hard enough. That, that sort of mentality in our, especially American culture is, you know, just work yourself into the ground or there's something wrong with you. And this is where I'm seeing pushback on the idea of self-care. It's like, well, if you're not healthy, you must be doing something wrong. Well, my workload is too much and my team is incredibly dysfunctional and we don't factor any of that into the equation. So it really challenges leaders to say, how do I position the resources, including my relation with folks to help offset the stress in, or distress in our terms, the negative stress inherent to the work. And I, I think it's that real challenge of if we fail at that, you know, if, if we as an organization, if our staff are not doing a good job as measured by heart rate variability really well, uh, what do we need to do different? Because that connection between cognitive health, do you need your people to be smart at work? Uh, emotional and relational health, do you need people to relate with other people? And then obviously the cost of, of medical health uh, as well, uh, looking at how do we, we manage that. So I think it really sets the challenge and then HRV just gives us data on how we're doing helping people regulate that stress response, which to me is just really exciting uh, with that. So Ina, speaking about resources, um, you know, I wanna talk about now kind of shifting into helping people perform their best at their work uh, utilizing a resource that we have really worked hard to make very inexpensive here at Optimal. Um, you know, a very cheap thing compared to a lot of other things you do like insurance and that about heart rate uh, variability, biofeedback and mindfulness. So uh, when you, I know, approach people to help them get perform at their best, regardless of their environment, you know, how do you sort of bring heart rate variability, biofeedback and mindfulness uh, how do you position that for, for peak performance? Um, really good question, Matt. Uh, I, the best way that I can, um, that I think about it and explain it to people is, um, you know, we put a lot of effort or, you know, organization may put a lot of effort and a lot of money uh, into improving efficiency, uh, into, you know, improving employee well-being. Hopefully, you know, the two are, you know, very highly correlated, you know, as, as we know. Um, but then, you know, how do we know whether, you know, all of these efforts are uh, paying off? 
right? It, it's kind of like, you know, we're flying blind, uh, you know, including, you know, things like, you know, mindfulness interventions. Yes, we know they work, you know, they generally work. Research shows that uh, they work, but, you know, how do we know, you know, how this is translating into your, um, your organization? You know, how do you know, you know, what all the changes that you're making translating into the organization? Um, it's, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, you're in a cockpit of an airplane and it's pitch black outside and, uh, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Uh, so um, heart rate variability um, tracking and heart rate variability biofeedback gives you a way of, um, you know, looking inside, you know, looking inside each individual person uh, and looking inside your team and your organization and gives you a way of, uh, you know, no longer flying blind. You know, you have a way of, uh, you know, knowing, you know, how are these uh, interventions working? Um, and, you know, very importantly, you now have a way of actually looking at heart rate variability as its own resource. Yes. Um, you know, it, this is one of those wonderful things that works a as a measurement and as a way of tracking. It's a biomarker, but heart variability in itself is something that we can improve, and we can do that through HRV biofeedback. Um, and just like HRV tracking, HRV biofeedback is uh, fairly easily accessible, um, and you know, much more. Um, easily done than some of the other interventions that we might, uh, that we might turn to. Um, you know, this is 20 minutes a day um, of uh, you know, practicing your resonance frequency breathing. Um, and for most, for the most part, it's kind of sort of a nice time of the day, right? You know, you, you don't have to exert yourself a whole lot. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to do things that are terribly difficult. You sit and you breathe. Um, and we know it works. Uh, you yeah. know, resonance frequency uh, breathing uh, increases your heart rate variability long term. Right? Um, you know, it it increases your HRV in the process of uh, uh, doing the training. Um, but then, you know, once you've done your twenty minutes, your HRV is going to go. Uh, it's going to go back down. That's that's normal. It's going to go quite high during the training, and it's going to go back down. But as you do your daily twenty minutes, you know, four, five, six weeks into it, you'll see your baseline uh, HRV uh, overall coming up. Right? Yeah. Um, and you know that kind of data is gold, right? You know, you can see that what you are doing is paying off and, you know, something that you can do in as little as 20 minutes a day uh, without huge amount of work or exertion uh, is going to increase your um, HRV. And you know that it's going to add to uh, your own individual resilience. It's going to add to the resilience and the adaptability of the team um, and uh, of the whole uh, organization. You know, when you're adding mindfulness to that, you know, you are, you know, feeding two birds with one bagel. Um, uh, where you, you're implementing two interventions, you know, one kind of more uh, top down, the other one more bottom up. Uh, they're both uh, aimed uh, at the same goal of improving resilience and self-regulation. Um, and you can now do both together. Uh, so, you know, you can do your 20 minutes a day. You don't have to do 20 minutes of HRV training and 20 minutes of mindfulness because, well, that's probably not going to happen, realistically speaking. You can now bring um, bring the two together, uh, you know, with the optimal app. You um, makes it makes it fairly simple. Um, you're getting the best of uh, of both worlds. Yeah, and I I just I mean the impact you've had on my life, you know, like I when uh, we I wasn't and I've been practicing mindfulness uh, before I met you for about thirteen plus years. So 
that that has had a huge impact. But as I, I started practicing HRV biofeedback, and there were some other things, I had like a summer of recovery and some other things as well. But that was the big change that I made in my life. It doubled my daily average, like which statistically, as I like to brag about, I have the HRV of a preteen girl, which they are the highest HRV people I think we've measured. So, so there's nothing gross about that. I'm just competing against uh, that baseline is I want to beat the highest category. And that just happens to kind of be preteen girls. So, you know, it's, it's, it's my competition right now, but it's, it was amazing to watch a doubling of that, a doubling of my, my average. And, and I, I just like to think about anybody out there, whether you think about yourself or your business, I'm not saying I've doubled my cognitive capacity. I don't think, but my more resilient, uh, my, my stress response. I mean, I can feel it. Uh, my ability to get regulated and stay regulated throughout the day is huge. And it's almost like my my biofeedback practice is my pregame warmup. And I'm, I'm starting to like challenge folks is, you know, I didn't have to take like pregame warmup was part of the, my, my investment in the team. Right. And so as business leaders, can we give people 20 minutes to get warmed up to perform at their best? And is, is that a worthy investment? And I know as my end of one, the answer is absolutely yes. And if you want to look at Ina's and others research, uh, it just reinforces that at more of a population level as well. So, so Dave, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on the integration of HRV biofeedback uh, as one of those resources that, that we talk a lot about in the book. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, and yes, indeed, Matt, uh, you are, you're just crushing those preteen girls. You, you're taking them down. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with my HRV scores, with, yeah, with your HRV yes. scores, yes, just in that yes. one category, yes. <laughs> um, and I, uh, and you know, I had a had a, a very similar experience uh, to you, where I had been, uh, you know, um, mindfulness meditation was something that I would do every single day, um, and and now adding this in, it has it has indeed been a huge game changer. Um, it just as simple as paying attention to the way that you're breathing, right? Uh, during that time. Uh, and it's uh, it's so cool how powerful that can be. So uh, it's a very similar experience. Although, um, you know, I can't claim that my HRV is is quite as high as yours. Um, I don't know. You're my, you're my second competition, I, I think. So it's uh, you and those preteen girls are uh, who I'm shooting to beat. So... <laughs> Yes, uh, but uh, but yeah, no, indeed, I have seen uh, I have seen some great changes. And using this with patients too has been very powerful to start to suggest this to them. Um, I don't get to practice this nearly uh, as much as Ina does, uh, as this is exactly what Ina does. Um, but it's been a great tool, a great suggestion that I can uh, that I can help patients out with and say and say, hey, these are the things that you're struggling with. Well, you know, I. I know that if you use this application and that if you try, because you're already doing your HRV every day, right? And a lot of these people are already meditating every day. Let's just do that, that resonance frequency assessment. Right? It's going to take you 14 minutes. And then once you're done with that, you have your breathing rate. And now let's get into using that for doing the training. Um, and it is, it is pretty cool that, um, that just with the simple use of the app, these people are seeing, you know, a, a pretty profound change. Now, I wish I could get my wife to start to do this uh, as well, because she, um, she is, uh, 
she's a business leader who refuses to take a break and uh and she won't even take her hrv which i think you know as we've talked about is kind of a sign in itself <laughs> um she won't be listening to this right <laughs> I, I do have a motivational interviewing book out there too dave called connected paradigms if you need to if you need to help us uh, someone in your life find a little motivation uh for positive change just just let you know that's out there as well <laughs> yes yes yeah yeah no but that uh it, shameless it, it would... plug <laughs> <laughs> yes those bigger picture uh bigger picture connections uh that that we can get with uh with using that resonance frequency breathing is, is just amazing. Um, and I, uh, you know, I know, you know, uh, listening to you uh, talk at conferences, I've, I've heard about some of the amazing things that you've had, uh, that you've found with patients too. And, uh, and that's just phenomenal. And then uh, the business leaders. So, yeah. Awesome. You know, one of the things, Davey, you or your wife gives us a great example that uh, I'll not talk about your wife who I haven't met yet, uh, but good luck with that and getting her. I, I have a, uh, Similar challenges. Oh, you just got to wake up 20 minutes early and I, I get a look and often a pillow thrown at me. Um, but, but you know, I, I, we're, we're hitting this point, I think. Uh, Anita, I'd love to get your, your perspective of who you work with as well. You know, it's like, we know mindfulness works. And now we're putting like, and for lack of a better analogy, because I know this one's not perfect. Like, I feel like, and I think the science backs up the bad analogy I have of this is like, you know, uh, breathing at your resident frequency breathing rate is like mindfulness on steroids. I need a better analogy. I know I need a better analogy, but it just like takes my mindfulness practice and just like, again, I, I just get so much more benefit, which I can measure with heart rate variability. And yet like all these like high, maybe not high perform, maybe they're just burned out, but like so many people just continue to come up with excuses why not to practice mindfulness? Like it, it is the most amazing thing that, that I have seen is even folks who are in, you know, get the science that, that we get are like, oh, I, I know I should, but I don't. And I find it, I find, I'm hoping that we have the data to say, nope, you need to sit on your butt. You need to figure out what your RF breathing rate is and you need to freaking practice. <laughs> so, I want to sort of end up, uh, you know, let's go with uh, Ina first uh, on this question. Then we'll, we'll go with Dave is uh, we're in a crisis right now. And I hope that when some folks might find this a year or two from now, everything is wonderful in the world. Uh, but, you know, with leaders I talk to, turnover rates, keeping employees, um, you know, having to pay signing bonuses for positions we never thought, but maybe should have thought about paying signing bonuses for, that there is just a, a growing crisis that we're measuring. But I almost think society and business leaders don't have the capacity themselves to really sit back and understand what's going on. And we're seeing, I, I think we're just going to see an eroding of outcomes in uh, you know, stock prices eventually if we don't get a hold of this. So I would love to, if you can kind of speak from your expertise here as knowing so many people are, are struggling with the mental health, um, the engagement of their workforce. Uh, just, just some suggestions, uh, you know, that you might have for them. Uh, you know, how to sort of focus on this. We're talking about obviously HRV being a part of that, but just 
sort of any suggestions that, that you have is um, I'm challenging people, maybe not thinking about high performance right now, but recovery, uh, because in order to get to high performance, we're going to have to get people healthy again. And just any words of wisdom that, that you might have for folks knowing just the intense uh, time that we're in right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, the thought that popped into my head, you know, if there is an, uh, an instrument that could actually bring us closer to, you know, being in that rosy, rosy spot you talked about, you know, yeah. one or two years from now, um, I actually think that HRV training um, is got to be a part of that. And, you know, I don't mean to be, you know, a, you know, look at everything through, you know, rose colored glasses, you know, kind of, uh, um, unrealistic optimist, although I think I am sometimes, uh, I think HRV reasonably is um, one of those uh, instruments that goes such a long way towards um, helping us, you know, regulate together. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we can recover together, we can regulate together, we can do better uh, together. Um, and the way to motivate you know, yourself, you know, or your spouse or your team uh, to take part in this. You know, one thing that works for me is um, look at it as an experiment because, you know, if people are going, I'm going to have to spend 20 minutes a day doing this for the rest of my life. I don't know if that's worth it because I don't really know whether this is going to pay off. I don't really know if this is what this is going to do for me. Um, if you treat it as an experiment, let's say, uh, you know, you commit to doing this uh, for the next three weeks. You know, three weeks, you know, we can do lots of things for, you know, only three weeks. It's very time limited. You know, heck, you know, if necessary, you know, make it a week. Um, but, uh, you know, make it time limited in a very specific time limit. Uh, do this for that week or two or, or three weeks and see what happens at the end of three weeks. If at the end of three weeks you feel no benefit and then, you know, the 20 minutes are just not worth it, well, you know, I'll leave you alone. Uh, but you know, whenever I've convinced people to do this experiment, it's actually very rare that people come back and say, nah, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, most, most of the time, I probably, you know, 98, 99% of the time people come back and say, you know what, I did get quite a bit um, out of it. Um, you know, do people after that just, you know, do 20 minutes a day every day for the rest of their lives? Eh, probably not. Uh, but uh, that kind of experiment does help people, you know, get way more engaged in this kind of uh, practice and this kind of training and this kind of tracking. Uh, and they end up doing it a whole lot more uh, than they would have uh, um, otherwise. And for some people, it absolutely becomes a daily practice, uh, you know, like, you know, for the three of us, you know, we had to yeah. figure out a way to make this be uh, a daily practice. It wasn't always like that. And it wasn't always clear that it was going to be worth it. Right. But at some point it became clear. So, you know, it give yourself an opportunity to see that this is going to be worth uh, your time and what better way to do it than, well, see for yourself, give yourself that time limited um, opportunity. And uh, I'll bet uh, for most of us, uh, there is going to be enough of a benefit to continue this. Yeah. And I, I think we make a tremendous argument in the book that it's worth the 20 minutes of the workday to support people doing this practice. Uh, we, we make that argument, I think, from probably 10 different directions. Um, one, just the science behind the practice, but also we know that if people think you care about their wellness, it's the number one predictor of engagement. What better way to say is, hey, we want you to have your pre-game or pre-work like warm up 
at work because we're getting the benefits of you being primed to perform and we're showing that we're caring. We're providing that resource uh, for, for people to have. And it is, I, I think, of ridiculous because I made these, I don't have 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes. Like I, I do, you know, and it's the only thing that I would encourage people really to wake up 20 minutes early to do. Um, really anything else as, as Dave and I talk about sleep has prioritized except maybe to wake up a little early and do a, do a, a biofeedback uh, session. So Dave, I, you know, and I'd love to throw this at you. I know we connected wellness practices and we had some fun. We've talked about this on a previous episode about what we include here. How do we, you know, and, and falling on things connected through heart rate variability. I know you look at your practice through that kind of holistic health lens. And so I, I would just like kind of get maybe Dave's top few practices about what are maybe some other things that we know support heart rate variability that people can also focus on during, uh, at least what Matt's encouraging to be a time of recovery. Um, absolutely. Um, and I, and I do want to mention, um, you know, in regards to that too, is a lot of the feedback that I've gotten on the book is how much people love that at the end of the book, each of us goes through our own routine. Um, and, uh, and you can see what, what we do personally, uh, to essentially improve our HRV and to make sure that our HRV is, is going to be as high as it can be. And, and not because we care about a number on our HRV, but because we know that that means our autonomic nervous systems are going to be as adaptable as possible. And we are going to be the best person that we can be as a result of that. Right. Um, so, uh, so anyway, within, uh, within that, yeah, my favorite things, I. Uh, well, I, you know, you know, I'm going to hit this, uh, I'm going to hit this for both of us breathing. Um, <laughs> you have to make sure that you are, that you are breathing. Right. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time focusing on breathing at night specifically, but, uh, but breathing throughout the day, uh, making sure that you are breathing properly is, uh, is going to be a huge piece of that. Um, and, and, Ina actually has a great book. That's an awesome resource for that. Yes. Um, and then, um, and then hitting your sleep, uh, making sure that you are prioritizing sleep, that you are allowing for enough of a sleep opportunity um, and quality sufficient sleep, right? That's, uh, that's what we are going for there. And definitely we can uh, refer to past episodes for that. Um, nutrition is going to be our next biggest thing, nutrition, hydration, and then movement. Um, and, uh, and you know, if you're hitting those things, you're doing some wonderful things for yourself uh, every single day. You're going to see your HRV going up, uh, and uh, it, and those are some of the some of the easiest strategies. And Matt, like you said, um, if you're using the excuse of you don't have the time, what that means is that you're not prioritizing. Um, that's all that that means. Uh, it means that you haven't put enough value into yourself, into your own health, um, you know, into your organization's own health, uh, whatever it may be. So, um, so th those are some of the some of the bigger things. Um, and, and without a doubt, we talk about uh, those in the book too. Awesome. So um, with that, I want to thank you both. Uh, it, it, it was a wonderful journey to take uh, with both of you. Uh, I, I'm really, I, I did write a book with my wife, but uh, that was a little different than uh, working with two experts that I uh, respect outside the family system uh, that I couldn't make down and sit at our computer and type for a few hours. So uh, it, it was a wonderful and a huge honor uh, 
uh, for me to, to work with you both. And I, I'm really proud of uh, uh, what we came out with and the fact that we were able uh, to do it in a way to hopefully meet the challenge of this moment, uh, which again, in my, you know, now 47 years, I've been around on this earth for a while. I think it's the, really the most challenging time uh, that leaders have ever faced, uh, you know, that just overall with the level of stress, mental health, uh, strain on all of us that uh, hopefully we were providing folks a tool uh, with this. So again, the name of the book is The Heartbeat of Business, Positioning Heart Rate Variability as a Competitive Advantage. Always feels so good to hold it in your hands uh, after you spent uh, some time writing it. So um, we, uh, the print books are pretty much everywhere you buy books, uh, especially if you buy books, uh, Amazon and, uh, Barnes and Noble and all those places. Uh, we are, and by the time you hear this, it is probably likely that the audiobook is out on Audible. Uh, that will also eventually be out on different platforms as well. Um, if you're an Optimal HRV member, um, reach out to us. Uh, because uh, we are working to get this in integrated into our app where people can access uh, both um, my initial book on looking at this from a therapeutic trauma-informed perspective, but also this more general business book as well. So if you already have a membership and you're listening to this, reach out. Uh, we, we may send you a, a PDF of the book uh, for free. So uh, with that said, Ina, Dave, thank you so very much. Uh, I, I feel like I wish I was in a room with you all so we could celebrate this accomplishment in person. But uh, thank you both for going on this journey uh, uh, with us. It was a real honor to, to get this out to the world with both of your expertise in it. Thank you, Matt. It's been amazing. I learned a ton from both of you, you know, while writing this book. I think that's that's been, um, you know, one of the best parts about it is not only do I have a book, but I also feel like, you know, I've sucked up all this extra knowledge that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, so it, it, it's been awesome. It, equally. Thank you guys so much. I, I greatly appreciate the two of you and awesome. everybody listening. Every, yes, everybody take care and uh, we'll be back in your feed very soon. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Dave and Dr. Hazan.